Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Oh, it is a big sports weekend on the Mike Abadir Show. Co-host Gino Bacola here bringing you in and introducing the main man, Mike Abadir. Uh, the big news, it's obviously Kentucky Derby week just a few days out, so we're going to talk a lot about the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby on Friday and on Saturday. But it, we're, we're just an hour away from the NFL draft, and some big news broke just a couple hours ago, Mike. Um, there were rumors about this for a while, but apparently Aaron Rodgers is not happy at all in Green Bay so much that he has said, trade me, do whatever you want with me, but I am not coming back. So that news breaks just a few hours before the draft, and that's obviously uh, something that a lot of people are going to talk about because they're going to speculate. They're going to trade for him right now. They're going to be some kind of a package. I don't know if it'll work that quickly, but that is definitely some big NFL news. Absolutely. And I know we want to talk a lot about the Kentucky Derby, which is one of my favorite sports events in the calendar. Right up there for me with the World Cup and and World Series and Super Bowl is the Kentucky Derby. But yeah, this is really, really big news. Um, It's funny because I have not delved into some of the the reasons. I can kind of guess on some of them, but you got to wonder if there was a conversation going into this draft that royally ticked him off, whether it be that they're going to stockpile more defensively, whether that be because of their vision for the quarterback in the future and things they're asking him to do in terms of grooming. I don't know. Maybe the answer has already been um, kind of the rumors out it's, there. I don't know. I haven't heard it yet because yeah, I haven't followed I look, you it know, that closely it's, yet. It's really basic. Yeah, I mean, I looked I looked up a, a lot of the reasoning why and stuff. It's, you know, the, the draft last year, he wasn't happy. But remember, from the very beginning, he um, he, he well, did not— Why would not, that come out today, though, Gino? Uh, I think— I think it came out today because the draft is coming out today. So he was putting pressure on them saying, if you want to trade me, you better trade me right now because you can get, you can, you can use the draft, you know, to, to get some assets back. I think he was trying to tell them. I think like, there had to be another trigger though. Oh, sure. Sure. There, there, you was know what I mean? like, there was something, we know he was pissed off about last year's draft for sure. And I don't think it's even about, cause they've taken quarterbacks while he's been there. Right. Remember they took he, the UCLA quarterback the other year, Huntley or Huntley or whatever his name was. Yeah. Right. I mean, they've taken some mad. guys. The, th- the thing that's funny about this is he's not got a long – he's a, never really liked LaFleur, Le- right, from the beginning? Yeah. That, like, they, they say, which, yeah. Which is funny because like when you look back at their last two years, okay, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they won a lot of games. They had two damn good years. Like he's been a pretty good coach for them, and, and they've had a, a really good – like they've been – if you looked at one team over the last two years and said which team was the most consistent team, it would be them. Them, them and the Chiefs. Very hard <laughs> like, to argue that. Absolutely. You know, so they've, they've had a nice run. There's there's no doubt about it's, it. And it's funny that it comes out, like you said, the timing of this is what's interesting. Right now, after, you know, it wasn't like they didn't make the playoffs last year. They had a losing season. Um, so he's getting a little older. What, 37, I think now? Um, this, okay, this, so, so so who's who's a win now? That that their his their fan base is just going nuts. Well, Starts the one, with the 49ers the people probably, that called right? that called up last night were were the 49ers. 
49ers, that's an obvious one. Their fans are probably going nuts right now with this news. The Patriots. Banging on them, sending letters, emails, doing what faxes, whatever they have to do to get the Niners to buy. But who else? Belichick. Who else could be a fit? Belichick, right? The Patriots. Patriots. That's what I was going to say is the Patriots. Patriots, I think, could be a fit that would you be think of interest. Teams that are pretty close. You know, like, I don't think they would ever do something, but, like, the Bears would be a good fit, right? They would never do that to a team in the division, like a rival like that. But teams that are, that have, like, solid defenses, maybe some other playmakers that are not too far off that just could use How that about the Texans if they think that Deshaun's done? Yeah. In, in the, the, only pro- the only problem with the Texans is they need a lot. Like They're they, not a win-now team. Yeah, like, see, the team that actually called up it, uh, before they made their recent move to inquire was the Rams. Like the Rams called about him before they ended up making the trade for Stafford. Cause that would have been a perfect place. A team that's got a like solid defensive pieces. You've got pieces on the offensive end. All you really need is like a steady quarterback. And you have like the Rams have to win in the next two years because they're not built long-term. Yeah. Oh, you're, so, you're exactly right. Yeah. So th- those, you know, those are the kind of teams you'd look at. Um, maybe the, you know, maybe the Broncos in the sense in a sense that yeah. uh, Elway hasn't shied away from like, hey, we're gonna go for it now. We're gonna bring in you know a guy who's got two sort of years like in him, no problem. At the end, you know, he's, yeah, he kind of feels similar there. Defense is pretty good. They'd have to go out and maybe get him like a better receiver or or some uh, something along those lines. But um, you, you know, you're yeah, you're kind of looking at those teams that are good, um, and they are just the the quarterback away. Uh, because he starts to look at his, uh, I think, I think what, what happens with him, you know, is he looks at sort of take, takes a little look around the league and it's like, okay, Brady just won another one, you know, and Mahomes is going to perennially be there every single year and he's young. And we talked about this a little bit at the end of the year uh, when Drew Brees, you know, made the, uh, made the announcement he's going to retire. Like if you're Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees and you look back at your careers right now, you're not disappointed. You've been great. You've had sustained excellence in the NFL. You've made tons of money. You've won it all. But when you see someone like Brady and you wonder, like, couldn't I have gotten one or two more? I think that's a natural thought process. Right? I mean, look, and there's there's a lot of guys who, who feel that way, I'm sure, uh, at the end of their careers. You know, uh, I'll tell you what, if Russell Wilson doesn't win another Super Bowl, right, you know, in his first like two, three years, four years, whatever it was, were really, really like great for the team, but not like ridiculous for him. Mm-hmm. Like his ridiculous play came on later, kind of like Brady, by the way, like Brady wasn't the reason that they won the first couple of Super Bowls. But Brady really matured and got really good as a passer and in years six, seven, eight, nine, oh, et cetera. So oh, imagine the same thing. How yeah, hard like, it is imagine Russell the, uh... Wilson now like keeps keeps that trajectory upwards, starts putting up Hall of Fame MVP type numbers each and every year, but never gets back. He's gonna look back and be like, My God, like right. I thought I, I was going to get you. there five or six times. We had the Legion of Doom, and then we ended up uh, seven years later having great receivers, and then we got some running backs, and then you know two years from now they fix the O line. It's just tough. It's just tough in the NFL to get there. There's a lot of factors that come into the equation, and um, yeah, I mean, it's one, if there was a formula, Gino, we'd be billionaires. You know, yeah, and one, just, one of the things that you mentioned in a couple different, like indirectly in a couple different ways, was. 
it's so much easier to win when you have a young quarterback that's good on a young sal on the a rookie cat on a rookie salary because once you have to pay that quarterback it turns into kind of like what you said like Russell Wilson at the beginning had a great team around him and he was just one of the pieces in that great team and then afterwards now Russell Wilson is is the team right like he doesn't have really as many of the pieces around as he used to not nearly as good of a team um it's always what happens once these guys you know get that big contract you know there's there's going to be sacrifice somewhere and that's that's the whole thing with the salary cap and so yeah you know i did a study at one point in time a while back wasn't that long ago but like in the last six six seven years and i went back and looked at how many of these guys got to the super bowl or won it in the first three years of the league of their you know careers and the numbers were pretty eye-popping you know it was like wow there's really something to this and a lot of those greats just weren't able to get back or unless they were very fortunate like Elway. Elway got to multiple Super Bowls in his first few years in the league and then there was nothing. It was a dry spell for like 12, 13, whatever it is, 15 years maybe. And then in his last two, when he was not the reason for them winning, they end up getting uh, him two more ring, or two rings, his first two rings, or else he would have gone 0, 0 for 3 in the Super Bowl and, and retired if he'd retired a couple years beforehand. So yeah, it's it's a fascinating day, definitely. But want to shift the focus back to horse racing, Gino. The Super Kentucky Bowl of Derby, horse racing this weekend. The Super weekend. Bowl of horse racing. My, one of my favorite, absolute favorite events in the entire calendar, in the entire sports world. You got one shot at it, a couple of minutes to make history, to make your defined careers, to you know establish or solidify Hall of Famers to vault people into the limelight, to make farms and barns lots of money and happy people. And ultimately, it's all about the horse. And no one knows that better than the Sarge. Oorah. TBG's very own Nick Hines. Sarge, how are you, my friend? Hey, Sarge. All right, it's well, been too long. Oh, there he is. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. But that means that you've been storing up some good nuggets of information for us that haven't. That is not the, <laughs> the case. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly have. And, and let me, let me, let me redo the intro. Okay, hut. Yeah, there we go. go. There you go. go. Yeah, there love it. Go. That's the that's the trademark. So, yeah, I was big, just. Big I was weekend, man. I'm excited. Listening. What about you? I mean, I know you're excited as a Cowboys fan, and of course, your main line of business in the horse racing world. Yeah, well, obviously, the Cowboys is their main premise is to get involved with the. Uh, the defensive end of things. I mean, they, they, they better be all over the board as far as uh, the cornerback situation, because mm-hmm. you look at last year, I mean, the Cowboys allowed over 11 yards per completion, uh, seven yards per pass attempt and 11.6 uh, incompletions per game. I mean, essentially for America's team to be relegated to that and then come back and cry wolf about not having their star quarterback. I mean, if defense makes the offense. If you ask me, I mean, playing catch up, it's the most difficult thing to do, and let's hope that uh, Ezekiel Elliott can uh, not be as lethargic as he was last year. He's certainly going to need to step up his game. Yeah, great points. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right because, you know, I thought, like when Gino and I talked about it before the season started, I thought, <laughs> believe it or not, I thought that the Cowboys were going to be very competitive in that division because I thought they'd improve their defense, but I was dead wrong. I mean, I thought they were going to be, 
you know, decent enough, at least, to be able to uh, win the NFC East. Didn't realize NFC East was going to be as terrible as it was. So this is going to be a very defining draft for all the members of that division. Because, um, you know, right. I talk about it all the time. It didn't, the separation between first and last wasn't much. And I think the main thing that separates them from everybody else is that they've got a really good quarterback on their hands. Well, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, you're, you're kind of beyond the, the rebuilding phase because you have all of the pieces on the offensive end. I mean, the weaponry the Cowboys have from an offensive perspective, they just need to, to create better speed uh, on defense, and in particular in that cornerback situation. So I'm hoping that whether it's uh, Patrick Sertan, the second of Alabama, uh, you know, we lost Jadobia Wuzie to Wuzie to free agency. So at the end of the day, you know, you can get, uh, you know, a Horn of South Carolina, a Patrick Sertain of, 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 you know, Alabama. I think it gives us legitimacy. And especially right now with the NFC East, it's, uh, it's, in a weak, it's in a weak position, as we all know. I mean, the, the Eagles are going the wrong way. The Giants are rebuilding. And the Redskins are the Redskins, or the Washington football, national football team, whatever the hell they are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I'm with you, man. I still make the same same uh, same commentary every single time. So, man, I, we'd love to talk football with you all afternoon, but we also want to get in some horse racing. And uh, Gino and I were talking about it. I'm not that enamored with the early part of the Friday card. He's enamored with the early part of the Saturday card. But before we get to Saturday, anything kind of uh, besides the Oaks that you want to talk about that maybe maybe a spot play or a race in particular that intrigues you? Well, I, I tell you, you know, based on the fact that uh, the weather situation was backwards today out there in Louisville, I, I think it will be interesting. I had an opportunity uh, through through our My Racehorse Live. We actually brought in an interview with Bob Baffert, Hall of Fame trainer, six-time Kentucky Derby winning, two-time Triple Crown. And he was talking about how that surface is at Churchill and horses just essentially glide over it. So the one take that I can give is that if you're looking at West Coast horses going into the Derby or even any of the undercard races, you may want to pay close attention to that. And, in fact, Friday, tomorrow, race six, the grade two Ali Sheba, a lot of that money is going to come in on Maxfield at four to five. In fact, you know, when you look at the – that's the start of the 20-cent Derby six. Uh, You know, you've probably got some interior pick fours that are involved, but – my feeling is Roadster was dispatched nine to two second choice on the morning line. And this horse has had reputed throat issues, but he comes off of a race uh, that we saw at the fairgrounds, which I thought was better than looked. I mean, visually mm-hmm. he was getting tired. The horse doesn't want to go a mile and an eighth. So I think Roadster on tomorrow's card, Max, Maxfield's likely going to be two to five. But for me as a spot play on that card tomorrow, based on what Baffert was saying, I think this horse is a gate-to-wire threat. There, there's no other speed in there. No, not at all. And he, you know what, Sarge? I, I completely agree with what you said. Like, It looked like he was going to just stop and get beaten a few lengths in that race. But he really did keep trying. He, he really did. Like He dug in even though that was probably a tough race for him coming off of the bench. He hadn't run in quite some time. Now he's back in the handling of, uh, of Baffert here. And there just isn't, like by default... He should get the lead in here and be so much sharper with that race under his belt now. So much more bottom under him. Yeah, I 100%. And I think just the, the dynamic of it, you know, and Maxfield's a, a popular horse. I mean, he's, 
essentially the people's champ. We saw him go down in flames in the Saturday to handicap. He was, he was bet down to even money, rightfully so. He was unbeaten, deserved that accolade. But, you know, looking at the center of that card on, uh, on Friday, I, I think Roadster, look, if you're going to get, you know, a $9 mutual or perhaps even an $8 mutual, I would suggest, uh, you know, teeing off there. And then, obviously, for the uh, Long Zings, uh, grade one Kentucky Oaks, at least for the Phillies, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the change in rider aboard Clarier. But, look, Clarier clearly got over on travel column. You know, this is, a, what, the fourth time that they'll be matching up here. And you get Tyler Gaffleone. What's interesting, he's not necessarily the go-to guy for Steve Asmussen, but the pace dynamic. I tell you, when you look at the pace, I mean, there's there's likely two or three that are going to keep that pace honest. I think Clarier, if you can get anywhere near five to one, I think she's the best value. I think Travel Column is going to end up in the neighborhood of nine to five to two to one, and she's the horse to beat. It, it, it could be a banner weekend for Brad Cox, but you know she kind of has that in and out pattern, and I don't think she's going to have an easy trip of it up top. Uh, Claire Ayers, I mean, if she's over seven to two, I think that fits. She's she's this is the kind of a field she needs, right? Because anytime she when she's in in fields uh, that are small against travel column, travel column will always be able to get that kind of tactical jump on her in a bigger field like right. this, where there's just going to be a little bit more pace, just a, a fuller field. And she'll be able to really draw back and do what she wants. To me, Clarier is an absolute like must use in any of your exotics. I think you, if you're trying to play a pick four, pick five, and you want to close that race, I think you want her. And if you're playing the race individually, if she's anything north of like seven to two, I think uh, you know you go in and make a nice win wager. Yeah, it's, it's a, again a tremendous as, as you know, uh, Gino. As far as the the idea on Friday is to try to pad your bankroll so you can come in strong uh, for mm-hmm. Saturday on Derby Day, and it looks like the weather is going to be uh, picture-perfect, which I, I think for the year that we've been through in light of the COVID pandemic and, you know, bless them, it's, a, what, an eight-month turnaround between last year's Derby to this year's Derby. But when you look at the weather, it is, uh, it's perfect. I mean, it looks like it's going to be clear skies, 75 degrees. In fact, both days look to be perfect racing weather. So thank you, uh, racing gods. No doubt about that. And, you know, this is a one-hour show. We got the NFL draft. We got a lot on tab for today. So we want to keep it moving a little bit. Not a lot of time to spend too much time. Saturday, uh, Kentucky Derby, Oaks Derby double. What are some of the cross-day wagers that you might like? Well, I think you just said it. I I think the bottom line is the Oaks Derby is – it's the most tantalizing for depth in, in fields, you know. And essentially, I think uh, I think both Gino and I both are looking at Clarier as potentially being that value play. For the Kentucky mm-hmm. Derby itself, you know, I'm a big fan of essential quality. Going to try and become the third horse uh, to have been crowned the champion two-year-old, remain undefeated in the likes of a Seattle Slough Nyquist, and he would be the third to have done it. You know, again, it's it's crazy to think that Brad Cox won his first grade one just three years ago in the Ashland with Monomoy Girl. Well, look what his career has brought us uh, up until this point. I mean, he's a champion trainer, central quality, a homebred for Godolphin. I just think this horse is going to get the trip. You know, he's the deserved favorite. Uh, he has yet to lose over five career starts. Uh, he's won sprinting. He's won going a mile and an eighth. He's won over a fast, sloppy track. I mean, the horse is extremely versatile. 
when you go back and look at the bluegrass, and I, I think the other horse in there, highly motivated, is not getting the respect he deserves. I, I believe he's going to be an overlay. I think the California horses are going to take steam. Uh, obviously, the Sadler trainee and Rock Your World, and no disrespect to him. I mean, he's done everything right. He's unbeaten. But keep in mind, he debuted on January 1st. So this is just going to be his, what, his fourth career start? And that, to me, is a lot to ask. I love the foundation of essential quality, and I like the value of highly motivated. And Medina Spirit, for me, just because it's Baffert, Johnny V, trying to go back-to-back, 15-1 to in the morning line, sheet pattern, uh, this horse, for me, is the best under horse in the Kentucky Derby. 15-1 to 1 in Baffert and a Hall of Fame connection. Funny you say that because we actually have a listener, good friend of ours, Eddie, who just sent in, I don't know if this is time form. I don't know if you could see that, yeah. Gino. Yeah, it's time form. Um, it's, it looks like a time form thing to me as the, the pace projection winner is uh, Medina. So that might not be mm. a bad horse to include in the exacta boxes, try boxes. I think they have a super high five for the Derby, right? That's too much for me. I can I can barely win them guys with eight, <laughs> 10 horse fields. I don't know about 20. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, well. if you connect the dots, you're going to make a nice, handsome score. That's for sure. Well, the one thing you have to consider is that in, in a race like the Kentucky Derby, you know, from a, from a wagering uh, perspective, yeah, you have the Super I-5, but as, as you well know, you've got the exactas, tries, and supers. You know, the bottom line is that if this ends up being a somewhat formful derby, we'll see what Mattress Mac does, whether he goes in two or four million trying to kind of counteract uh, his uh, mattress promotion there at Gallery Furniture, uh, you know, he's already wired his money to Churchill. So, and I know that, Gino, you probably read, you know, what reflection that would have on the Paramutual, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, board. But, you know, honestly, when it, when it comes to betting on the Derby, the smartest angle is to come in with your exactness and trifectas. And, and for me, I, I've narrowed it down to essential quality, being a key horse, Medina Spirit, I think Holly Motivated was out of his element being on the lead in the bluegrass, as was essential quality, because I think he's a better closer. I don't think he necessarily wants to press, but, you know, Chad Brown is due to win this type of a race. And, I mean, he came close a few years back uh, with a pretty son of Colonel, and the name uh, is leaving my mind at the moment. But I, I think Chad Brown is due. And, and look, Holly Motivated is 10-1 to 1 in the morning line. But uh, going to try and beat him with the horse. It's the proven commodity. Good stuff, Nick. Appreciate it, Sarge. Uh, we going to see Sarge. you on TVG this weekend, or are you going to be hanging at Santa Anita, or wh- where are you consuming this big event? Well, I- I'm going to actually consume. Uh, I can't consume any alcoholic beverages, unfortunately, because I'm actually working <laughs> Saturday night on the quarters uh, oh, okay. to TVG. But I'll be I'll be out at the track Saturday. So nice. if you're out there, uh, you know the club sodas are on me, my man. <laughs> nice. So that's Sorry, our La Salle. Uh, so maybe you may. I don't know if uh, La Salle's doing the buffet. I think buffets are kind of taboo now, I'm guessing, right? But I used to love that La Salle yeah, yeah. Derby Day buffet. But they have exceptional chefs up there. I don't know. Maybe I'll make my way over there, G. I think you're probably more likely to Santa and eat it and then come back and, and watch from home, right? I, I just sit at home because I'll be I'll be I don't have to work I got I got all my work out of the way done so I'll be able to kick back and, and chill and have some uh, have a beer or two and uh, and, and hang out with uh, with young Milo and, and have him root some horses home for me. Nice stuff, I Sarge. Thank you so much, man. Right. Really appreciate you joining us. All right, salute, gentlemen. Great talk Enjoy to you, Sarge. A draft day. Go Cowboys. Go Essential Quality. Hoorah. There you go. Big salute right back to you. Thank you for your service as always, Sarge. That is. 
Nick Hines, Sarge from TVG. Gino, let's come back, and we're going to talk to an NFL scout, good friend of mine, Dave Turner, about all things NFL right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're only about a half an hour out from the uh, start of the NFL draft, and we have a guest on to talk a little bit about it. We only have about 10 minutes or so because I know he's busy. He's got a show to get to right now. So, Mike, why don't you introduce our guest? Yeah, we're talking about NFL scout, insider, friend of mine, been in the game, around the game, done everything in the game for a long, long time now, Dave Turner of Mav Sports and the NFL Draft Bible. Dave, what is up, buddy? Good, uh, good evening, everybody. How's everybody tonight? Oh, great, man. And let me just take you back to the days when we were hanging in Alameda back in the Oakland Raider days. Right about now, like half hour till game time, what would you be doing right now at the training facility? Or did, uh, God rest his soul, did Al like to clear out the room or kind of get us into the Raiders' war room? Well, right now we would actually be filing in. He liked us in our seats about uh, 45 minutes to a half hour. He didn't want people out in the halls roaming around. He wanted everybody on lockdown. He wanted to be able to see everybody. He didn't want anybody going in and out of different offices or making phone calls to different places. So for for him, it was a situation where it was more, I want to see you. I want to, you know, I want to be seen and all that stuff. So, you know, for, for now, us, why is that, Dave? Is that because he wanted to kind of look in? Is that because he wanted to look into deep into your eyes to see the conviction that you had about somebody? <laughs> well, he wanted you off the phones and you weren't calling other teams about what he wanted to do right now. That was kind <laughs> of his, um, that was kind of his stick. You know, it was all about, I don't want anybody knowing what we're about to do. And if you're in the room, you're, you're not going to be on your cell phone. 
he didn't understand texting back then. <laughs> it was like you could sit there and be texting around the world, but he didn't see that, so he didn't understand that part. Yeah, trader traders are not welcome here. No, not leakers no, not are not welcome here. Leakers and traders, no, no, no room for that with uh, Mr. Davis. Mm, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so hey, before we dive in to <clears throat> dissect this uh, this next uh, seventy two hours here, why don't you tell our listeners? Where are you going to be doing conducting your coverage? Where can we find you? How can we see your work? Sure. No, um, you can follow Draft Bible. I'll be on their tailgate show leading up to the, the draft each and every day. We just got done doing a two-hour two hour segment, leading them right into their flagship program that they're doing now. Tomorrow we'll be butted up right against them from 2 to 4, I believe it is. Yeah, from 2 to 4 o'clock, we will be doing a tailgate show. Um, and then on Saturday morning, from 7 to 9 a.m., uh, this is all Pacific time, we will be doing our uh, pregame tailgate show on the Draft Bibles. And then during the live draft, Maverick Sports Consulting on Mav Sports Take will be doing in the One uh, one Institution Network, we will be doing a live streaming of uh, myself, Ryan Roberts, uh, Joe DeLeon, and a few other guests that we'll be having come on and off and talking. I was just on the phone with the uh, Kevin Jones, former first-round pick, he said he might pop on, come hang out. Ian Williams is going to come hang out. I talked to some other uh, celebrities and personalities that I, I think will be fun tomorrow and on Saturday to come hang out with us. And that we're just trying to make it a real fun show as we talk about the players and give you information about the trades and everything, but also put a little entertainment into it. Now, for our listeners out there, um, I popped in last week with the uh, Draft Bible crew just for a few minutes, talk a little bit of agent-type stuff during the uh, draft process. And what I can tell you is this, because if any of you guys are wondering, well, why don't I just flip to ESPN and see Kuiper and Berman or whoever the hell they have on there? Why wouldn't I just tune in that way or go to NFL Network? And what I'll tell you, because I saw it firsthand, is they're bringing in guys with different perspectives than you're going to see on the mainstream television. Mm. And not just that, but I would say if you're a hardcore football fan, like, okay, the first round, everybody's kind of got the same information. But as you get to rounds two through seven on to undrafted free agency, guys on TV really don't know that much. I'm just going to be real candid with you guys. So if you guys want the nuts and bolts, the scouting, how scouts talk, how the scouts look at it, and real attributes for guys who have been truly scouted, this is the place to go. I don't know if you want anything to add to that, Dave, but that's kind of my two cents on it. Well, and also the other part of it is that we're going to be having the kids on and doing interviews, and it's just not going to be a five-minute, you know, tell me what it was like getting drafted and what's it all mean to you. You know, we're going to talk to the kids a little bit more about their journeys, and we'll we'll spend a little extra time with them to make sure that we get their stories out. You know, this is probably the most adverse group of draft picks we've seen in, in, in 10 years, and they've had to fight the COVID. They, some of them played, some of them opted out. I mean, it's just an incredible story for each and every one of these young men that are going to be walking across the stage tonight and getting their hopes and dreams tomorrow and then the Saturday morning, you know. So it's something that you really have to appreciate this year, and we want to hopefully try to give them their, uh, their due on our shows for sure. Gino and I were just talking about the uh, Aaron Rodgers news that broke earlier today, and uh, I want to ask you about what kind of ripple effect do you think is going to happen from this? Do the pack just sit tight because he's their franchise guy and we don't care if you're unhappy or not. We're not doing anything stupid, um, rash decision. 
Or do you think this is something where they work something out with the 49ers or the Patriots or, or whomever? Like, how do you see this thing playing out? And do you kind of find some likes to this? Well, let's talk about the business of this, and that's what Mavs is all about. Mavs is Force Consulting. We talk about the business of everything, right? <clears throat> so I went and looked up his contract. Aaron Rodgers is like dead money of like $38 million on the cap for this year. So if they trade him, they're still on the hook, I want to say, for about $28 million. And then and the other team would have to pick up ten million dollars. So for us, when you're looking at it as a business decision, he's almost untradeable because not too many people are going to want to take that kind of cap hit. I mean, when you look at Teddy Bridgewater's deal, the Carolina Panthers are paying seven million of his ten million dollars still for next year, and he's going to be playing in the Denver Broncos uniform. So Denver basically got a quarterback for three million dollars, and and Carolina is paying the other seven. So you know, when you're looking at this, these guys want these big contracts. They want to have all this money, and they want, but they're also making themselves untradeable. Now they get um, upset, and they want out of a situation because they're not being treated with respect or whatever the cases may be. And it's really hard for the organization to go and, and make the trade and do stuff because all that dead cap's on their books. And people want to talk about the player and his, his feelings and his situation, but when he was negotiating the contract, it was all about him getting his money. They gave him his money, and now he doesn't want to live out the contract. It's really hard position for the Packers right now because if they, if they can't trade him, they're going to take some bad press, and all the way around, it's, it's hard for the organization. But this is a contract that Aaron agreed to. He didn't know, you know, force him to agree to it. He, he chose to agree to it. So you have to live out this contract. If you choose not to, as Aaron you know what, that's your choice. You can go retire, you can move on, you know, and go into be the Jeopardy post, whatever you want. But you signed a contract, <laughs> and as a man who puts his name on a piece of paper all the time, you know, that's a deal. And you got to live up to your end of the deal, which is being the Packers starting quarterback. So you think it's either Packers or home? I mean, there's there's no other NFL team that you do, do, think is do, likely do, to get there. Do, do, do. Or, Jeopardy, yeah, Jeopardy, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it'll be Jeopardy, but I just think it's hard to trade him because if I tra- if I'm the Packers and I give him what he wants, is out. And he goes, and why would I trade him to San Francisco? Let's just be honest. Right. Like he said, one of the San Francisco was in the NFC Championship game two years ago. The reason they, they the won last year because their quarterback coach, right? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, and they, and they whipped their butt. <laughs> right, I'm not gonna trade. I'm not gonna trade you to my competition. Like that's just ridiculous, and give you a prime spot to go be successful. And then you know we're gonna struggle. Screw that. Like that ain't happening. We know you just have a few minutes left. So uh, you know the 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 really hot team and the, the buzz team over the last week or two have have been the 49ers ever since they made the move up to this pick. And so it sort of feels like um, we know we kind of know what's gonna happen at one and two. We think. And it, it's sort of like the draft is going to start at three. And wow, it's amazing how things have shifted, things have changed, odds still shifting around. Where do you think, kind of uh, just a few minutes before uh, gun to your head, where do you think they end up going? And, and is that like the, the, the pick right now that you're the most intrigued by early on? Not really, because I know it's Trey Lance. It's always been Trey Lance, and that's just the way it's going to go. I mean, the, the other stuff was all smoke screen. Smoking mirrors. But Atlanta wanted. Atlanta wanted Trey Lance. Everybody knew it. They had to trade up to get in front of Atlanta. And for Kyle to come out the other day and say that, you know, there was five players and he liked it three, it's like, then why didn't you just trade to five and get behind Atlanta? You know, take whoever's left. If you like, yeah. <laughs> take whoever's left. Like, to give up you know, much. they didn't. 
Yeah, they, they did not give up as much, exactly. But they didn't. They wanted one player. They targeted the one player, and it was Trey Lance. They just didn't want to come out and say it. So they went up, and they got who they got. And it's going to be Trey Lance. It's going to be the call. And the other part of it, the best prop bet in Vegas, I know you guys do gambling stuff all the time, but the best prop bet right now in Vegas is if the over-under is at five and a half on quarterbacks taking the first round. I think it's going to wind up being six. And so if I was in Vegas right now, I'd be putting that bet down on, on the over and trying to get some money because I heard it's like, it's like you know, t- 250 So if you put 100 bucks down, you're going to make two, uh, 250 or so. You know, it's really interesting but because uh... – you know, I was I was doing some research, Gino, and uh, uh, want to get your take on this, Dave. This is shaping out. If everything kind of sort of goes r- roughly as people are expecting it to, which it never does, but let's just say it kind of does, we're not going to have a defensive player taken until the eighth, ninth, tenth, or beyond pick. It's shaping out to be the latest that an NFL draft has ever featured a defensive player since the fifties. Is that kind of just coincidental on the team needs, or is this just kind of a state of affairs in the NFL that's an offensive league? Well, I'll say this. If Michael Parsons didn't have character concerns, you would see him in the top ten. I still have him mocked at uh, Miami Dolphins. I think he's a guy that can go that high. And, um, <clears throat> you know, for me, he's a rare talent. He can be a Ray Lewis, uh, Pat Willis, or, I'm sorry, Ray Lewis, Pat Willis type player. So, I mean, I think it's just that, there's no dominant pass rushers this year that can take that spot over. And there's no, and Mike is not clean with his character. So he can't come in and command that spot. Like, uh, you know, his talent on the field would do for, um, in a normal year. Man, Gito, I got like two dozen more questions. I'm sure you do too. I want to sneak one more and I know I'm kind of hogging this up a little bit, but uh, Dave, we'll, Whoever ends up with the BYU quarterback, are they going to end up being a, making a big mistake? Just prediction. Well, no. What the Jets, what the Jets wound up doing here is they, they see Sam Donald and Zach Wilson similarly, <clears throat> and so the Sam Donald contract's coming up in two years. That they only has like two more years left on his deal. They're going to have to re-up the contract by getting Zach at two. They're resetting the contract, so now they have five years of a rookie contract. If he doesn't pan out, that gives them time to fill the gaps around and then get another rookie contract. If he does pan out and he is a similar or same player as Sam Donald, then that means they got five years here on contract. It's all contract driven. And nowadays with the quarterback position, people are like renting quarterbacks versus, you know, drafting and developing them. Like when I came into the league. So, you know, they're like, you know, we saw it with golf. We saw it with Wentz, those two organizations, they rented them. So the price tag got hot. They go and trade them. They get out of the big contract. They have other rookie contracts or, or favorable contracts like Sam uh, Stafford's contract, I was going to say, is, uh, you know, he's $21 million, I think, this year and 23 next year. So that's for an NFL starting quarterback, that's still pretty cheap. And, uh, you know, that gives them room to keep their team together around in, um, in L.A. for the uh, Rams by doing that move. Fascinating stuff, man. I know you got to get at it, man. So for all our listeners out there, once you're done listening to us, transition right on through and hear what the guys at Sports Illustrated, NFL Draft Bible, and uh, Dave Turner and Rick Saratella and Mavs and the whole posse because they all do fantastic stuff. Dave, thank you so much, my friend. I really appreciate it. Enjoy these next couple of days. 
and uh, suck on those lozenges because you're going to need them, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate you so much. Awesome. Dave Turner, Mavs Consulting, NFL Draft Bible, Sports Illustrated Network. We're going to be back, talk a little bit more draft and some more Kentucky Derby with Pop DiBiase. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment here on the Mike Abadir Show, and we have uh, another guest to help us out talking some horse racing. Mike, why don't you introduce the, the final guest? Yeah, you know, it's always funny, Gino. You know, we've done shows where we've had like four, even on the wrestling ones, we've had like five or six guests. I feel it just so inadequate. I want more time with all of these guys, man. You know, and one of those guys that I want a lot more time with is Pop DiBiase because he really brings it. He knows his football. He knows his basketball. He knows his baseball and he knows his horse racing. Pop, what's going on, brother? Hey, Pop. Hey, what's going on? And we didn't even mention boxing. I'm over here waiting on confirmation right. right now to get to the Canelo fight. So if you guys now, watch you're, my you're prime way of meeting town, and all right? that, I will, well, I'll be able to confirm that tomorrow. You know, pretty much just got to wait on the last little details and stuff like that. You know, it's limited seating and things of that nature. So we'll see. But I probably, might just be a, a, a spectator in the crowd as well, too. But, you know, I'm looking to cover the fight as well, too, because I do cover boxing matches. But, you know, since we had the pandemic, it's been off for pretty much a year. I didn't go out last year, but 2019 was absolutely nuts for me. So, you know, pretty much I got a lot of stories about that, but we have to say that for another time. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'm glad that we've got our live boxing correspondent ringside for uh, yeah. for the foreseeable right. future here if, if this thing all kind of comes together post-COVID here. So, and at hey, the Garden, I'm in that. the press box. Well, th- loving it. 
that's right there, man. <laughs> Don't get more live than that. Uh, so, hey, let's right. for a moment talk about the NFL draft. I know you are a big Raiders fan. You also support the L.A. teams like Geno. Gino and I were just talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation. And, you know, I think it's what's interesting to me, because like like Gino said last segment, you know, the, the Niners are kind of the they're kind of the intriguing team going into these next few days. And uh, I think, Gino, you pointed this out, right? They, they ha- kind of have to because the whole division has really good quarterbacks. Like Each team is pretty much locked and loaded, right? I mean, you're not going to get much better than Russell Wilson or a youngster like Kyler Murray or a vet like Stafford. And you kind of have to have one to compete, right? Well... I would say, uh, yeah, well, pretty much. And I think they do have the guy still here with Jimmy G. But, well, I know what's probably happening here is that San Francisco wants to move on. And either they're going to move on either at the end of next season or they're going to move on at some point this summer. Because I don't know if they've got their the, the right deal in place yet for Jimmy G. But if they are indicating that they are drafting a quarterback, because that's what all indications are pointed towards, I would say that, they would have to go with the kid, Trey Lance, that I have on my mock draft. and Because I, I think that kid can sit and, you know, kind of wait a little bit if he has to wait. And then Mac Jones is also a good option there because, you know, he waited pretty much the whole time at Alabama. So he should be fine with waiting just another year as well, too, because he might not be the most ready quarterback. But um, Trey Lance, from when you see the highlights, he does look like a guy who can be a game changer for you. So, I know that they're not going to – I know that they probably don't want to pass up on a talent like that. So uh, that's what I'm thinking with San Francisco, that the Jimmy G era is uh, somewhat in um, flux a little bit, and they'll see how he does this year. But I think that they've realized that they've overpaid for him, and um, I think they're trying to get out of that deal. Gino, I, I don't know about you, man, but I think they'd be making a mistake with either of those two quarterbacks. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not a fan of of either. I don't. I don't know if there are that many game changers here. You know, when we just talked to David, he said, and, and I understand what, what the Jets would be doing with, they, they just feel like they're replacing Sam Darnold with another guy who's probably pretty similar talent level, but you're just going to end up paying less for in the long run, which is a smart business move. You know, um, I just, I don't know if there are the true game changers uh, it, it coming up here. And, and I, I'm just so curious to see how the, the the perception of fields and how he's you know completely dropped off the off the planet you know all the way down well who knows where he goes maybe he is the the rogers guy that ends up falling into a better situation well you know i think pop you kind of um you kind of hinted at this the other day it's the ohio state effect i think right i mean right they just kind of have a bad rep for the quarterbacks not doing so well in nfl right and I'm a big Ohio State fan. I, I follow Ohio State very football program very uh, closely, and I've never seen them draft a uh, Ohio State quarterback in the first round in my 37 years of life. Like I haven't seen it ever. And so him being drafted in the first round is a big thing coming out of Ohio State. But we have to remember what his resume is. He's the number one. He was the number one quarterback coming into college out of high school. And now if he sticks around at Georgia, he probably goes number one today because Georgia has a different – it's a different appeal over at Georgia. But they're looking at it that Ohio State's so dominant in the Big Ten and the, and he has so many dominant 
teammates that they're kind of using that against them in a sense. But I would say you have to use that uh, same uh, ideology against a guy like Trevor Lawrence as well, too. You know what I mean? So, to me, they compare very closely, and I, I don't understand why they can't be one and two. But, you know, the Jets just want to be different, and that's why, you know, and they want to mess up their draft anyway. So, that's why they're going after a guy like Zach Wilson, who's more, to me right now at this point, more hype than the real thing. You know what I mean? So we'll see how it goes, see how it shakes out. But I've, I'm really proud of one team in this draft this year, and that's the Cleveland Browns, and that's because they don't have to draft in the top ten. They are drafting <laughs> at 26, and that's where the big boys draft at is at 26. That's where the elite teams dra- uh, draft at. So they could possibly be a team with um, in a lot of options, but I think that they're going to go with the edge rusher late in the first round from what I'm seeing. You know, it's really interesting, Gino, and I think you'd appreciate this uh, as a Raider fan. So Dave Turner was on with us, NFL scout. He was with the Raiders uh, a while back, and uh, and uh, he was, you know, I was asking him, you know, back in the days when he was in the war room, you know, how was it? What was the atmosphere like and everything? And he was just telling us how Al Davis wanted everybody to be in the room from 45 minutes before the draft started and off the phones and he wanted to know where he could see everybody so they're not connecting with the media and giving out Raider secrets. Well, another guy I worked with at the Raiders, Dave Lombardi, who is with The Athletic, he just tweeted out because he's now a Niners insider. He says the 49ers decision regarding that number three pick is completely sealed. It's only with Shanahan and Lynch, not even the coordinators or assistants who have been in the draft meetings. No. Extraordinary levels of secrecy have set the table for this dramatic draft day finish. Really interesting contrasting styles, though, Gino. You know what I mean? Like, one is everybody knows, but I'm going to control the flow of information. The other one is the best way to control the flow of information is not to tell anybody. Exactly. Just a comp- There's no wrong or right or wrong, right? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you get to the same conclusion, uh, but um, just a, a completely different philosophy there. Um, but I know we only have but probably about four or five minutes left in the show. Um, wanted, uh, wanted to get Pop's thoughts on the Derby and, and, and get, get a, a pick from him in the Derby and then also get one from you, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Pop, take over, man. What, what are your thoughts on uh, Saturday? Well, you know, I've been doing Derby shows all week, and um, I'm just going to keep it. I'm just going to keep away. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to sit here and just go over, you know, long-winded or anything like that. I'm just going to rock with the 5-1, to one, rock your world, four time out, and see what we can do and get try. Hopefully we get John Sadler his first uh, Kentucky Derby, which is long overdue. And I just think that everything makes so much sense here with those two. But here goes a fun bet for you guys tomorrow. And this is kind of like a, a, a casual bet. This is for people that probably watch horse racing just a little bit. They only – pop up when it's Kentucky Derby time because I've okay. seen millions of people just pretty much talk about the Derby. I'm going to say this. When we go to Santa Anita tomorrow, I'm going to go put $20 on an exact box on two horses, the 14 and the 15, and then see what we can do with that. I know it might not be a lot of money, but, you know, when you hit that exact 20 times, then it'll look a lot different from, you know, the usual 10 bucks. So, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll do, I'll do a quick little bet on that. Just that's, another, that's a fun bet. And I'm going to do a super high five as well, too, with the uh, – uh, it's going to be the 8, 9, 14, the 15. And I'm going to throw in – oh, Bessos. I love that horse. That horse looks – is a pretty horse. That horse looks good. It's going to make some pretty babies. 
What hey Gino uh, or Pop? What's the minimum on the on the high five? Is that a a twenty center or fifty cent? I know for a while Churchill was even stubborn about not letting the superfectus be a dime. They were keeping it at a dollar for the derby. I think so. Yeah, I think well, a lot of the times they were they're doing that I'm on purpose. Play the dollar. Yeah, yeah. I'm I think the, the dollar. It's, it's, I'm okay with a sixty dollar box. Yep. Uh, that super high five yeah, is okay going to pay. Yeah, I mean that's going to pay. I mean, when you're talking about a dollar minimum. No matter what happens, you're going to get paid stacks in twenty horse field, right? I right. have to imagine. And right, and we just have to hope they get on in there. But I'll be playing it. I'm 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 going to go. I'm going to spread it out, man, just a little bit. I'm going to put a nice win bet on uh, Rocky World, and then I'm going to do uh, the same type of connect, the same type of deals that I just told you guys about. But my four horses for sure that I'm going to be boxing up is going to be the. Um, Eight, nine, fourteen, and the fifteen. So that's going to be Medina Spirit, uh, Hot Rod Charlie, and um, you know, pretty much essential quality, the big boy. And um, we're going to have uh, Rocky World, you know, and hopefully we'll be playing Michael Jackson's uh, when that horse uh, uh, crosses the finish line Saturday. <laughs> there, there you go. Now I, I appreciate you kind of zipping through because we don't have time for rationales and explanations. Although I'm sure our listeners would love that. Um, Oaks, you got any? Uh, Names and numbers to keep an eye out for from Pop? I'm going to go with my little kid knowledge. I like the, the horse's name, and I like the way the horse is uh, coming along. I'm going to go with Pass the Champagne. Cause there you go. Tomorrow after that horse wins, we'll be sipping some champagne. Nice. Hard to go against uh, yeah. Javi when he decides to go uh, ride for George Weaver. I'll tell you that much. I don't know what their stats are, but I'm sure they uh, work together pretty well, at least to the naked eye. Pops, really Thanks, appreciate Pop. you joining us, man. Thank you so much. Tell our listeners how they could find you real quick. You guys can find me on the Twitter at PopDiBiase, or you guys can go ahead and follow me on the IG at Wave underscore. Also, you guys, if you are interested in being exclusive clients, you guys want to read my uh, many articles and things of that nature, get the links to all my interviews and things of that nature, and to my show, Primetime Angles Live, which is Monday through Friday from noon to 1 o'clock Pacific time. You guys uh, can go ahead and look, go to the website and look for that. And then you guys can also go ahead to my YouTube page, to Prime Wave Media, and you guys can watch all my content there as well, too. And if you want to be in, like I said before, if you want to sign up, be a client, we have a bunch of packages there. And then be on the lookout this weekend for Horsing Around. It'll be available Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for you guys to go ahead Good and stuff, uh, watch man. and see my opinions on stuff. Really appreciate it. That's the whole menu. Pop, thank you, my friend. We'll see Thanks, you Pop. sometime soon. Good luck this weekend. All right, so, for sure. I'll be talking to you next Wednesday, brother. Definitely. So, Gino, we only have a few seconds left. Uh, my pick is number 17, highly motivated, 10 to 1 morning line. And I'm going to throw in uh, uh, some some prices underneath for my trifectas or whatnot. I do like 15, Rock Your World. I like Medina Spirit, the 8. I'm going to throw in also King Fury, the 16, and the 7, Mandaloon. Um, and maybe even the 5, Sainthood, 50 to 1. What about you, Gino? I got nine, uh, nine, seventeen, and eighteen as my top three that I'll key all around. Highly motivated. Oh, Hot I'm Rod sorry, Charlie. I forgot about nine. Hot Rod Charlie. Thank you. I'm sorry. Highly Go motivated. Ahead. Hot Rod Charlie yep. and Super Stock. They'll be uh, who I build all around. Um, I'm playing against Essential Quality and Rocky World on top. I wouldn't be shocked if either one of them run well, but I'm looking for a little more value in this race on the win end. So, uh, if you need any uh, any more analysis, I went through every single race on Friday and every single race uh, on Saturday. Spending like 50, uh, between 15 to an hour on each one of those races with different guests on that. So wow, nice. 
Nice. Okay, that sounds good. It sounds like in this race, if you win, I win, and vice versa. We are pretty much on the same runners, and I, yep. I think that's a good sign this year. I'm going to be positive about it. I'm going to say that's a good sign. Anyways, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you to all of our guests, Sarge and, and Pop and Dave Turner. Enjoy the draft. Make some money in the Derby. Come back and see us. Same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.